0: you'd pray with me heavenly father uh, this morning we acknowledge that we are poor at acknowledging our own need for you that god we so often are trying to be independent of you trying to do things on our own strength we acknowledge god that we are distracted often sometimes intentionally most often unintentionally we confess to you this morning god our sins and the things that get in the way of you moving in us, and I want to ask and pray, God, this morning for healing and for your presence to rest on this auditorium, for protection from lies in the hearts and the minds of all of us, adults, students alike. God, I want to ask for your blessing over this morning, that your spirit would move in significant ways in the way that you, as the great surgeon, know how. I pray your spirit would move in us through the words of Jody, and you would move in us in the quiet space in our own seats this morning in the way that you can individually for us. God, we give this space to you and pray, above all, whatever my desire is, your kingdom would be advanced. God, you would bring uh, brokenness, you'd bring healing, you'd bring your goodness in a way that would draw us to you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this space, this time, this opportunity, and all God's people said. Amen. You guys can return to your seats as I remind you that this is our Fall Focus week, and we are in day two of Fall Focus. I am hopeful that you guys and gals during your Bible classes have been able to enjoy some moments of peace, most importantly, some moments of connection with God out in the woods, Uh, and hopefully for those of you who can't stand, and um, especially as I've understood, ladies, the smell of smoke, you can handle, uh, like campfire smoke, hopefully you can handle the day as you know it's wafting in the halls and even in the auditorium this morning. But I wanna uh, just welcome you to our second encounter service of three that we will have this week. And I'll just say uh, there's an email coming out today because tomorrow we will have a Q&A session with our special guest speaker. And so I'm going to ask for your submissions for questions from you, and then we'll uh, sort of prioritize the ones that emerge at the top. So just look for that email so that we can have a meaningful conversation directed by you with our special guest tomorrow. And it seemed fitting for me to once again introduce our special guest because I probably know her. No, not probably. I know her better than anybody in this room. Uh, she is a professional therapist with a um, licensed marriage and family therapist, and she is uh, a gifted therapist at that. She has done trainings for other therapists, pastors, missionaries, both in the United States and actually internationally. She is phenomenal at what she does, but more importantly, who she is is amazing. Jody loves to laugh. Although uh, she does have a sick love of laughing at people who fall over. Um, And that has been passed on to our children. She also has the incredible capacity to both laugh and know when to laugh and also when to be serious. She has an incredible capacity to love others well, but also to receive love. She has an incredible capacity to push others and challenge others, but also to be teachable and to be challenged and pushed herself. So, could we give a warm Southwest welcome to my closest friend and my wife, Jody Goldie?
1: It's actually how my sister knew that I had that Brian had fallen in love with me is that when he hugged me one time, he closed his eyes, and she was like, "Uh oh, it's real." Um, so I woke up this morning, and I, I come down, and I get my I get my boys ready, like actually they get themselves ready. They're pretty good at it. And so I come down and I was, you know, kinda nervous, obviously, standing before all of you guys, and I was like, guys, do I look okay? Like, is this is this okay to wear? And I was wearing this like sweater situation, and my eleven-year-old looked at me and he goes, Hmm, yeah, mom, you kinda look like a scientist. And I was like, that's good, right? And he's like no, that's not good. You should probably change that situation up. And I was like, oh my gosh. So um, never ask uh, a kid what they think about your outfit because they'll tell you. So um, I'm in my uh, jean jacket era, apparently. So that's what I'm rocking today. Um, I hope this like scientist didn't overwhelm you yesterday. I feel like um, it was like drinking from a hose. And I really appreciate like you guys in the front row, you were hanging with me the whole time. I really appreciate that. You guys were awesome. Very encouraging. I feel like everybody was. I, I appreciate it. Cause I know sometimes your brain is just like enough, enough. And I'm a little intense about this stuff. Um, I asked God recently, one of my favorite things to do is um, I ask God when I get a little confused, I ask him, who am I? Who am I? I don't know who I am. I get really like overwhelmed with you know I do all these roles but who am I and one of the things he told me is I am an explorer and I was like what that's the weirdest thing I've heard Um, And I kind of asked him to like help me understand that and he just kind of like started walking me through my (laughs) life and all the really ridiculous things I do so I explore, like, all different kinds of therapy to see what works, Um, like, from... DBT to psychoanalysis to anything that I can get my hands on. Um, I do anything with the body, like to try to figure out how to calm my body. I take supplements. I'm always trying some different thing. I actually even enrolled in a study through the University of Chicago that studied my brain waves on different things that I was consuming to see how it altered my brain. Like I'm such a nerd in this way. Uh, right now, I work for the last couple of years. I work with a very lovely human who you may know. Her name is. Beth. Betsy Haig. She happens to be Jared Haig's wife. Right? Yeah. She's the best. She has done wonders to help my body. She does, she's an occupational therapist and she does a lot of with integrating your body, your emotions, your thoughts. She is just an incredible, incredible wonder worker. Um, I'm always, I always have some kind of device that I'm like trying to figure out. Like two nights ago, I got this new device called HeartMath where it it like, it like, it changes your pulse and your breathing so that they go together, so that they're more in like calm correlation. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'm always doing something. I think my favorite one that my husband really enjoyed is one time he came home and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what, what, it's fine. And he's, I was wearing an ice helmet and he was like, This is insane. Babe, we have so many weird things around these things. But I'm always trying to figure out what can alleviate suffering. Just anything to alleviate suffering because I have a huge value around not offering anything to my clients that I wouldn't try myself. If it's something bizarro, I won't go there. I mean, I have done, I mean, I did put an ice helmet on but um, and it's still in my freezer. It comes out every once in a while, randomly. Um, But I just have a huge value around helping suffering and that, that I'm not going to offer something that I haven't already done. And I've seen miracles, you guys. I have seen miracles in my clients. I have seen results that I never thought were possible. And I will stand here and testify that the people who choose to partner with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit in that work, they move faster. Because for some reason, even our neurology is there's a part in our brain, in our top brain, there, our adult brain, that only lights up when we connect with a good God. That's what the scientists thing say, and I don't know about you guys, but I actually don't know any other good gods. Um, and it is incredible, and that is that is what I want to see. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, and then we can go into what I'm talking about. Lord Jesus, I stand here in worship. Lord, this is my art. This is all I have to create and to offer to you. But it's just a bunch of broken crayons if you're not in it, Lord. And I pray that you would breathe life into this help the understanding, help our hearts receive, help my heart receive and change and grow. Don't leave me alone up here, Lord. You promised me that you won't forget me. I ask you to be very present with us today. In your name, amen. All right. So, the last time, well, not the last time, but um, Brian kind of mentioned that I I travel internationally, and the last, one of the last times I, I gave this talk similar, I was in a country called Jordan, and I was working with um, Jordanians, and they asked me to give the, a talk about neurobiology and trauma and the brain and blah, 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 and I had an all-out panic attack. I was like on the bed and I was kicking my little feet like this, you know, like little kids do. And my friend is like, "What is wrong with you?" And I was like, "It's not going to translate. Nothing's going to translate. This isn't going to translate. Like and if it doesn't translate, if this isn't universal, my whole entire like structure that I am trying to use to heal and to help people heal is gone. If this isn't universal, if it doesn't cross cultures, then it doesn't matter, and I need to abandon everything. And so I stepped into that night and I, I talked with them about this, and by the end, they were the most amazing audience I've ever sat with. They had the most incredible questions, they were hungry, and it totally applied to them. And it actually made me. It made me realize, wow, we really, we all have so many differences, but we have so much more alike than we are different. And it was really, really sweet to sit with that, those people and learn from them about how they thought about these things and what translated. So yesterday talked a lot about emotions, right? Today, my other experiments that I do have led me to thoughts. Oh my gosh thoughts, right? Um, does anybody else have like thoughts sometimes where you're like, what the heck is going on in my brain? I wish it would stop. Yay. I see those hands. Those are very brave hands, by the way. Um, we'll see if this works. Yeah, Jason, it's working. Okay. So, um, we used to think in the brain that it was like you had like one part of the brain that did something, it listened, and another part of the brain, it lit up when it spoke, and another part of the brain, it was your task-oriented thing. But what we discovered, and I know you can't see like the, what these all are, but these are different networks. What we discovered is actually when you're doing something, different areas of the brain light up and work together. And so that's what's called network theory. That's, what, that's now what we understand, how we understand the brain to work. And um, so remember how I talked about that fMRI machine with that brain scan machine, right? So a group of scientists, they like put people in the fMRI machine and they're like, sweet, we're gonna study what lights up when people listen. So they're like doing their computer thing. And one of them is like, hey, look over there. He's probably eating a sandwich or something. And he's like, what's going on with that guy's brain? And they looked and they noticed, what the heck? the person in the fMRI machine, their brain is going bananas. And what they started to notice is, oh my gosh, when the brain is doing nothing, when it's resting, I'm putting this in quotes because your brain is actually more active when it's resting, when it's doing nothing, than when it's doing any other thing, oh my gosh, this is a whole network of the brain. And so all these scientists got together and they were like, we gotta come up with the best name. I mean, the best scientific name for this. And they landed on the default mode network. I really think they should have crowdsourced. Like, understandably, they probably would have come up with like Bodie McBoatface or something like that. But instead, we're stuck with the default mode network, which is the dumbest scientific network for a brain network ever. So I just apologize in advance for having to say that over and over and over and over again. So, as you can see from these pictures, like, that's a lot of stuff lit up in your brain. And that's when you're just chilling. Like, you're doing nothing. You're not thinking about anything. You're not doing anything. Maybe some of you are there now. I don't know. Um, so what, this, uh, what with this network in the brain is, it, it's crazy. When we're resting, when we're in our resting state, Your brain is going over all of your relationships. Relationships! It's thinking about all of your relationships, and it's figuring out what you were doing right in that relationship, or what you were doing wrong. It's also ordering your social standing. So when you're resting, when you're doing nothing, your brain is focused on people. It's crazy and then what it does is it takes all that information takes everything that you've known in the past say you're right here this is your timeline it takes everything that you know in the past and it uses all that information to understand new experiences so we like translate things based on what we've already known and that's why like when you experience something new, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I do a lot in my, in my therapy sessions. If somebody's telling me a story, I'm constantly scanning the data in my brain to figure out if what they're saying is making sense to me. Have I ever had this experience? Have I ever known anybody who's had this experience? And that's your default mode because it's trying to figure out how do we incorporate this? And sometimes you don't have a category and so the default mode's like, mm, coming up dry here, but that's your default mode network. And so it also takes all of these experiences, and it's how we create something new. And the cool thing is, the hope is as we grow older and get new, more and more experiences, actually, we should get more and more creative. To me, that's so hopeful and beautiful. They also say that, um, this, is a, this is kind of a theory, but I'm like, to me, it makes sense. Um, that these might be what dreams are. You might be in this state for dreams. Um, it might be in that ultimate resting state. And so it's actually scanning, thinking through all your relationships. It's creating new out of what you've known. It's, it's doing that. And I think that's kind of fascinating because we, I mean, we don't know what dreams are yet. We, we, don't know, we, we just can't figure it out. Freud had a lot of ideas, but some of them were pretty weird. So, okay. I just want you, if you're comfortable, maybe kind of chill out. I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. Maybe you can close your eyes if you want. So I want you to kind of reflect on your own default mode network, okay? So think about maybe what you think about in the shower. I know that sounds weird, but a lot of us aren't quite awake yet, and that's actually when we get our most creative ideas. Um, And so your default mode is usually very active there. Think about what your first thought is in the morning. And I will say, as soon as you grab for your cell phone, default mode goes off, okay? So you've got to really notice what it is before. What do you think about when you're in the car you you got nothing to do? Maybe if you drive, you're just driving. This is my favorite time to think and let my brain just do its thing. Maybe you're staring at the back seat. What do you think about when you're trying to fall asleep? This is a big one. Sometimes people have a really hard time falling asleep because their brain is so active. What is that? And then a lot of times it comes online and it's very active when you're on vacation, when you're away from work, when you're away from school, when you're away from tasks and you're in a different environment. What happens then? Oh. <laughs> what do you notice? How does your brain speak to you? Is it helpful? Is it harsh? Just kind of like notice, reflect. Um, of course I needed to work in a picture of Goldie. <laughs> do you recognize him? That's Goldie. He's jumping over fire, because that's what he always does, He jumps over fires. But, If being hard on yourself, like oftentimes our default mode can be really hard on us. If it worked, it might have worked by now, but oftentimes our default mode network when it's hard is not very motivating. So I kind of like that quote, and I need to throw in Goldie just for, you know, somebody asked me a little bit for, I got you. So if (laughs) if your default mode is healthy, right? It's going through all this social stuff. It's like ho- helping you keep all your friends afloat. It's reminding you what to do to care for people. It's kind, it's curious, it's gracious with you. Like I know when mine is really good, if I'm driving down, driving my car, cause I'm usually driving, So, or if I'm in the morning before I, before I look at my phone and I think, oh my gosh, my friend Christine has a really huge day today. I should text her and encourage her. That's your default mode. It's a sweet, personal assistant that's like reminding you, hey, don't forget this. Or, oh my gosh, Rowan has battle of the books tonight. I gotta remember to send an email to the school. It's like helping everything stay in order, okay? And that's when it's really, and I don't like using healthy and unhealthy, so I apologize, but I was trying to find words that made sense. But if your default mode is not healthy, if it's having a hard time in your brain, Your brain spins on negative thoughts when it tries to rest. You kind of blame yourself. You idiot. How could you have done that? Oh, I feel so stupid. You go over and over and over conversations of how you could have done it better, but they never stop. They just keep looping. Um, Somebody calls it like a knife in the darkness because it feels so you have the thoughts and then the feels that go with it of shame or terror. Um, It's discrediting, blaming, attacking, invalidating. It's very contemptuous. And this might sound familiar. You have overwhelming emotions that are unnamed. I talked about that yesterday a little bit (laughs) for those of you that were here. So this is kind of like when your default mode network, when, when your resting state feels like this, it's a little bit like having a slave driver in your head an evil overlord that owns you, that you don't have any control of, and it's yelling at you constantly. And it might sound a lot like people in your history who actually have maybe owned you in certain ways or have yelled at you or have spoken really contemptuous to you. It might take on the the flavor of that. And so a lot of these things lead to a lot of pain, right? Having this going on in your brain, anxiety, not a word, (laughs) I'll talk about that in a second. Um, It might lead to fear, might lead to alarmed aloneness, depression, exhaustion, it's exhausting having somebody yell at you, especially when it's living in your own head and they've done these like fabulous studies about contempt, like when you're living with somebody who has contempt for you, that it actually lowers your immune system. So if normal people get sick for like three days, if you're living with somebody that has contempt for you, contempt is just like, help me guys, harsh harshness and and kind of disgust, things like that. If you're living with somebody like that, it'll take you five, six days to get better. But this is in your own body you're living with an abuser in your own body. Guess what? That usually doesn't work out super well. And most people who have a very harsh default mode network, they will do anything, anything to turn it off. Um, Video games, TikTok. Oh my gosh, you guys, I love TikTok. It is a problem for me. I have a pact with a friend. I can only watch TikTok with her. It's very dangerous (laughs) for me anyway. I don't know if you guys feel the same. Texting, Netflix, smoking, porn, drinking, work, reading, cutting, any task that we have that where we can focus on, it turns off. And all of these things are extremely addicting. They release different chemicals in your body so that you numbs up so you don't have to feel, right? This is sounding familiar with what I was saying yesterday. Um, I can actually tell um, pretty quickly when people have uh, what their default mode is. Um, so one thing I, I I like, if you haven't figured it out, I adore my clients, um, I get really, protective of them. Um, And I hate it when people talk about like mental illness. That that word actually really bothers me because I see the beauty and the complexity of what what people come with. Um, But if I sit with somebody and say they had a really hard conversation with a family member that is just like off the charts, I can't believe they were able to do that. I'll say something like, holy cow, you, holy cow, you've come so far. I can't believe you were able to do that. Like a week ago, you couldn't even do that. And you were like, you stayed in your most resourced self. You were very grounded. You were able to like say what you needed to say. That is amazing. And I can tell somebody's default mode network because if they have a good one, they'll usually go, yeah, I did that really well. I'm super proud of myself. But if they have a harsh one, they'll go, and they'll just get really quiet, and you can read in their face what's happening. They're hearing their default mode go, you idiot, she doesn't know that you totally messed up too. She doesn't know all the secrets that you have. She doesn't know, and people's faces just go blank and they really struggle with that voice. Because part of the thing of healing from pain and healing from trauma is, it's actually like not holding the suffering that's the hard part because most people are really used to suffering, right? That's easy. They're like, oh, that's a constant friend. I'm pretty familiar with that. But if anybody introduces kindness, warmth, compliments, um, like positive emotions, that signals fear. That's unfamiliar. You're in different ground there and that's weird. And so the default mode will immediately try to shut that down um, to keep you protected. And so it's this weird interplay that our brain has. And so I have to be really careful and say, I'm gonna give you a compliment. Can you let your default mode network know that it's coming and then we'll, we'll take care of it? It's, it's kind of a funny play because our brains, our brains really do some, some really interesting things. Um, now all of these things, TikTok, texting, Drinking, all of these things, right? Reading, cutting. I'm sorry I'm saying all of this in chapel. I hope that's okay, but it's real. They're all addictive substances, right? They're all super dangerous. And another thing that they do is that they take us out of relationship. Anything that, so remember, the default mode network is all about relationships. And when we turn it off, we go out of relationship. We go out of relationship with ourself, we go out of relationship with others, we go out of relationship with God. Do you guys remember these? Um, Brian so graciously made these bigger so that you could actually read them. Thank you for that input. So these are Yak Panskeps, you know the Rat Tickler? Eight Circuits of Emotion and Motivation. Um, I'm gonna kinda like go back to them. So, I'll just read them, care, panic, grief. Okay, this one's amazing. God created a circuit in our body that's all about getting lost at Target and being away from your mom. (laughs) Because that's really what it feels like. It's this, that you're separated from somebody and you're never gonna get back to them and you are flipping out. We have a whole entire circuit of emotion about that. That must be something really important that God created us to be in connection in relationship. Fear, rage, sexuality, seeking, or curiosity is a better way to say that, play, disgust. What I want you to notice is that all of these emotions are also about relationship. So your thoughts are about relationship. Your emotions are about relationship. It's pretty fascinating that God has created us he cares about relationships so much that he created us with all of these systems and the only purpose of them are relationship. He loves relationships so much that he's, he's three so he could have a relationship with himself. I mean, it's crazy. It's insane. It's this bizarre mystery. And I think it kind of speaks to like maybe God's core value is relationship. And all of these things are really, really, really important to notice. The other thing that is important to notice is that relationship, there is actually a relationship between our thoughts and feelings. Surprise, we might be a whole body. <laughs> so I want you to kind of notice like, I don't know, like, okay, when I send a text to my friend Christine who's having a hard day, right? or having a big meeting or something like that. My default mode goes off. I remember her. I send her a text. And what do I feel? I feel like the best friend in the whole entire world. I nailed it. I took care of her. I did things. I am so good at this. And it's this interplay. And that actually makes my default mode warmer and makes me, it like gives me that little charge. It makes me want to care for other people in that same way. Because usually what she says is, oh my gosh, thank you. I feel so seen and heard. It's like this relationship that keeps happening. In the same way, when we have thoughts, so like in the past like seven or eight months, I have been in a relationship where I can't fix it and it has been killing me and it has been breaking my heart. And I spend most of my time trying to fix it in my default mode network. I have conversations with them. I try to step around everything they're doing, trying to figure out seeing it from their perspective, but I can't do anything. And what happens is when I keep going back to it and trying to figure out what happens in my emotions is that I feel like a failure. Sometimes I feel terror and fear because I don't know if I'll ever, ever reconcile with them. And I don't know what I did wrong and I don't know what's happening. And then that makes my default mode go bigger and bigger and bigger. and. There's this intense relationship that happens with our feelings and thoughts. And it's important. This is how God's created us, okay? And I got really mad at him the other day because obviously this cycle is happening to me a lot and poor Brian's had to deal with it. (laughs) He's like, babe, chill. I was like, Jesus, I am so tired of obsessing over this, but I can't get my brain to stop obsessing about about this relationship. And you know, James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, just ask. He'll give it liberally without judgment. And so, you know what he said to me? He said, Stop talking to them in your brain. Talk to me. Talk to me. I'll help you. Duh. It helps try it <laughs> it got out of my default mode it was super helpful so when you have high mo- okay do you remember that we, I talked yesterday that like when when emotions are low to moderate we can do things like name to tame it and we can we can like figure out okay when emotions are high they're like toddlers we just have to hold them and care for them and just sit with them, okay? And when your thoughts are off the hook, they're going crazy and they're cycling and you you just cannot figure it out, you are not gonna do anything because actually when you're in that cycling phase, your top brain where you figure things out is actually not connected. Your brain's not online, you are off the rails, okay? So when your default mode is harsh, and your emotions are high, think of it, the toddlers are totally in charge. Like, sorry, you're in your toddler brain, good luck, it's not working out for you. And this is where I always take clients, whoa, 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 stop, stop, things are are off the rails, this is not helping. We think we can figure it out in our brain, right? We think we can get to it, but we can't. What we need to do is get out of our brains and into our bodies. Go for a run. Go for a walk. Go do something else. Stop thinking. It's not going to make it any better. You're not going to figure it out. Just stop it. Return to it later. Take a nap. Take a nap. Go watch TikTok. For 20 minutes, no longer. Um, Wow, now that's recorded. Great. (laughs) Um, So what do we do? How do we do it when it's low to moderate? When you have a low to moderate default mode stuff, you start bravely noticing. I get really frustrated when I hear this verse, take every thought captive and hold it obedient to Christ. Not because of the verse, but because of the way people use it. They say things like, take everything thought captive, so take the thought and just throw it away. I'm like, you don't do that with a captive no, when I have a captive, when somebody is trying to kill me, I hold them. I watch them. I notice them. I keep my eyes locked on them. And I found out all their secrets. And that's what I do with my thoughts. I watch them. I observe them. I figure out how they're tricking me. I figure, who, where is this coming from? Who are you? What are you trying to do? Why are you spying on me right now? And so I just offer that to you. Hold it captive Keep watching, keep noticing. We say that in trauma therapy because when you notice, you turn on your top brain and you use all your resources. And it's brave to start noticing because it's hard. It's hard to watch and hard to start noticing what's going on in your body, in your brain. Be curious. Again, it's kind of the same as noticing. Be curious. Have a curious disposition. Well, that's weird. I just felt a... Big spike of terror when I had that thought. Weird. Notice that. That's really interesting. I actually have a client who's getting a tattoo that says, Notice that. I'm like, Oh no. Oh no. They're putting that on their body. I hope it helps. Um, be kind to yourself. We are dearly loved. we are dearly loved by God. And a lot of us have never experienced kindness and I totally get that. But when your brain is being really harsh with you, this sounds really silly. But like even last night, my brain was like running over this talk in my head and this is how I talk to it now. This is, okay, I know, I'm a therapist, just chill out. Brain, I love you. I know you're trying to take care of me, but it's super annoying right now. Right now, I need to rest. So can you please rest? Like, can you please just contain this? And we'll get back to this at 5.45 when I wake up. And the weird thing is, my brain's like, okay, cool. Talk to your brain. Like, talk about it. It's the weirdest thing. I I don't know. I just, yeah. Um, Ask for wisdom. I am so amazed at how good he is to me I'm so amazed at how good he is to me when I ask him for wisdom. And again, this is, you know, I'm offering you some 20 years of wisdom that I'm, I'm trying to gather so that we can alleviate some of this suffering. Another thing to do when, when that default mode is really, really high is worship. There's a, a really, there's a huge arm of research right now. I'm very excited about it. They're studying these um, substances. And the pur- purpose of studying these substances is they're studying them because they turn off your default mode network, they stop it. And, and then they start to shift it, which is just insane, right? This is like what we're all longing for. But that's not gonna happen for a really long time. And so I started doing some research. I'm like, how do we do this without, <laughs> without the substances? We need this now. Holding feelings of awe. That is what the research said. And we have this amazing amazing God who is so awe-filled. And so what I've been doing, like worship for me is like incredible. I love singing. I love worshiping. But I also love, these are actually three pictures that I took in the last week. I do these things called awe walks and I go on like Easter egg hunts with God. I know, I do really weird things. Um, I go on Easter egg hunts with God where I go and I look for awe, the things that take me off guard and surprise me because those are the things that show shut off the brain that just yammers at me and it works and it's awesome and then it brings it down so I can actually do something with it so that I'm not controlled. It is not my master. Our job is to bring warmth to areas and by warmth I just mean kindness to areas like emotions and thoughts But we have probably, I mean, some of us, I'm like, my my hope, my hope is that a lot of experience this warmth and care, right? But oftentimes we are harmed in relationship and we heal in relationship. And that's really tricky, right? It's, it's so tricky because once you're harmed in a relationship, it's really hard to find the relationship so that you can heal in relationship. Friends are awesome if you have them, but I, what, what I would really like to encourage you today is, friends and humans are amazing, but some emotions, um, some thoughts, at least for me, and this is my experience, are too tangly They're too dark, they're too confusing to kind of be able to name and to say, and they just kind of get stuck in our body. Um, Romans 8.26 says, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for words. That's the amplified version for any Bible scholars that are mad at me right now. Um, And what I mean by that is, There are some things in us that are too deep. They're too deep to name. They hurt too much or they're too weird. We just don't know what they are. And I need that type of intercession. I need that work from the Holy Spirit. I need that deeply. I need him to deliver me from this slave driver that keeps yelling at me in my head. I need him to deliver me from this alarmed aloneness, this panic that I have, that I will never be in connection and I will never find it again. And there's a safety there at the foot of the cross that he offers. What I want to invite you is you might have over the course of these times been like, this was really good information. That's awesome. I want that for you. But maybe there's something that you're noticing inside, something deep, a groaning, a yearning that you need the Holy Spirit to intercede for you. And so I'm gonna invite, I'm gonna invite the worship peeps. I'm gonna invite any of the prayer team down And if there's something that you need or there's a little time for quiet reflection, I just want you to ask the Lord to search your heart, to help you notice and name anything and detangle and pull out anything that's going on in your resting state and your thoughts, anything that's going on in your emotions and see if there's anything that he needs to speak to you deep within. Um, I have a sweet friend named Christine and she prays over me pretty consistently, and it's actually one of the, one of the experiments, you know, the healing modalities that I use, is she's a prayer minister, and she, we gather together and pray through anything we're stuck through, and whenever she prays, she just feels very led. She puts her hand, she puts her hand on my head, and she prays over my neurology, and then she puts her hand on my heart, and she prays over all my emotions. And for some reason it's really sweet (laughs) and it makes me cry every time because it's exactly what I need. And so I just ask for that outpouring for all of you guys, That, that the Lord would bring washing and healing because he can, and he does, and he longs to. He's good, he's kind, he's patient to do that for you. And over your heart and all of your emotions and feels to bring wisdom, discernment, and understanding. In his name, amen.
0: Thank you.